Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone how and why we start our business challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there's enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so glad you're here today because we have such an incredible guest with us, Melissa Griffin. Melissa is a medium spiritualist, intuitive, and author of Validation of a Healer. Born and raised in Texas, Melissa shares real-life mystical experiences and events from childhood to adulthood in her book. Her mentor, a famous psychic, helped her explore these encounters and learn valuable lessons. She was passionate about helping people who share similar experiences. Melissa's purpose is to provide hope and healing to the readers. Thank you so much for being here today, Melissa. It is such a pleasure to have you. And I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today. I know there's been lots of ups and downs, but whatever you feel called to tell us today, and then we'll go a little bit deeper. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, it's been a, a real pleasure uh, and honor being invited to your show. Um, how I got here today, it, it's been a very long journey. From five years old, I started picking up on the spiritual, my first spiritual gift of the problems my parents were having at the time. Didn't quite understand it. I was five years old. And fast forwarding, I you know, had a lot of premonitions within the family. For example, in my book that I uh, published, uh, I knew my father was going to grow ill even before he became ill. Mm. And I remember distinctly having this conversation with my mother in the kitchen. Uh, she was, I believe, making dinner. And I explained to her, I said, he's going to grow ill and he's just not going to make it. So about, I would probably say six months later, he did grow ill and the doctors could no longer save him. So he did say his goodbyes for everybody, and uh, it was a very difficult time, but it, I felt that I was very, um, a lot of people don't get that chance when they are losing their loved one, and so I, to me, I try and see it as positively as I can with him saying goodbye to all of us, even though it was a very difficult time. Yeah. But um, a lot of things that uh, beyond that, I was having a lot of dreams and they turned into premonitions within the family. Uh, and so um, in, in other instances, there were spiritual um, experiences like hauntings that my niece was, had gone through and so did my nephew. And in her case, there were children that were haunting her and so I chose not to be aware of the situation. I didn't want my sister-in-law to explain to me what it was that was going on. I would rather walk in because I'm a, a medium. I'm considered a medium. I can pick up spirits. And in her case, when I arrived, I ended up 
going upstairs and I went into my niece's room and I heard a lot of children whispering and I heard a very loud swing like when you're at a playground, a children's playground. And so mm -hmm. I explained to them not to be afraid. Uh, I wanted them to feel very comfortable around me. Yeah. And so um, I asked them if they wanted to be crossed the light and they said yes. So I ended up calling two angels to accompany them. I created a white light coming down from the heavens. And so they end up joining the angels and leaving. And I went back downstairs and that's when I told my niece there were children. She said, yes. Mm -hmm. Verified that. And my sister-in-law was very much in disbelief. Um, one of the things that I had a firsthand experience uh, was that my sister-in-law's mother's brother was murdered. And I had never met him, didn't even know he passed away. And she said, my mother's not eating. She said, we're very concerned here. And she's not answering our phone calls. She's just given up. And so my sister-in-law's sister ends up calling me and telling me, and I said, well, I don't, I'm not sure what I can do, but I will do my best. I will reach out to the uncle. And I asked for the uncle's name and um, how he died. So I end up that same night, I end up calling him and I hear him, not a man of a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I said, is there, you know, we're having this conversation. He's showing me how he was murdered very gruesome. Uh, and he, I said, is there anything that you can, you know, you want me to tell your sister? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm having a very difficult time right now. And so he said, yes, tell her this. She'll know what it means. Cause we used to tell each other this when we were children. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm jotting it down and writing everything. Anyone to miss anything? So we conclude our phone, our conversation, our spiritual conversation. The next day I called my sister-in-law's sister tell her this. I said, look, I don't know what this means. This is what he said. She said, okay, thanks. Okay. Then I end up, uh, there's a family Christmas party. My sister-in-law's mom's there. She's emotional. She approaches me and says, thank you so much. And I said, you're welcome. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Quite sure. <laughs> and then that's what she said. Nobody knew that conversation. It was only between my brother and I. That helped me, that helped me live, she said. Mm. And she hugged and I hugged her back and I said, you're very welcome. She said, you know, I, I never thought that I was gonna be able to get out of the, cause she was mourning and rightfully so, that was her brother. Right. And so um, I, I was very, very happy that I was able to help. Mm. So those are the kinds of things that are mentioned in my book um, I never studied any of this stuff. Yeah. I had to figure it out as I went on into my journey. And I am now 52. Mm -hmm. And so from five years old to 52, I've had so many things happen. Uh, I even had a spiritual attachment for two and a half years. And Ms. Weber, my mentor, who has um, helped me uh, with this book that I wrote, she ends up telling me a lot of times what happens, she said, when you're spiritually gifted, you leak energy. And when you leak energy, that's the opportunity for a spirit to eventually become an attachment to you. Mm. And, that's, and at the time I was going through a divorce, I was trying to figure out where I was gonna live. 
And I was trying to figure out a lot of things and I had just started a new job. Oh, so I had a full, uh, full plate on, on my hands. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I ended up, my mother, um, you know, she ended up getting, finding somebody who would help me. And I, it was another healer and we had to travel to South Texas uh, where I'm originally from. Okay. And so he, we're sitting there and I'm hearing a woman, right? He's talking, right? Explaining mm -hmm. what to do. And I'm hearing a woman. And I had to, uh, you know, respectfully interrupt him. And I said, I'm hearing a woman and, and, you know, she's around you. And he's smiling at me. She said, yes, I think I know who you're talking about. That's my wife. She's, she's passed away. Mm -hmm. and, oh, and that explains why she's telling me that she's around you all the time and she has no plans to leave. And then he smiled and said, yeah, that's her. So he ends up, you know, doing the healing work for three days. Mm -hmm. And so I go back, you know, to my life and I'm hearing the spirit staticky, the attachment, the male spirit, because it was a male spirit that had attached to me. And that's when I knew that it was, you know, going away because I was static, you know, kind of like a radio static. Yeah. That's what I was hearing. And so I was just very happy that it, that, cause it was, I mean, it was making noises, all sorts of, you know, odd hours of the night. Halloween was the worst. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I mean, it was making noises and then uh, I'm not kidding you, but I would raise the volume on my TV when I was at home at night and it would start playing this music, this booming music that I didn't quite understand what he was trying. And then he would try to communicate with me, but he was, I was hearing a mumble. And at the time I, I hadn't practiced the mediumship yet until okay. way later. Mm. So yeah, that, that, that happened. And so I learned that you need to keep the wall up and be the best way to describe it is when you have children. And unfortunately I don't have children, but mm -hmm. I often, you know, use that as an example. When you want to protect your child from any danger or harm, that's the same concept you will use when you come across a spirit. Mm -hmm. You have to be very strong and you have to be, you know, you can't allow them because they will try. They will try and run over you. They will try. And a lot of times when they know when you have these gifts, they're just looking for help. Yeah. They want it, somebody to, you know, guide them or, or answer their questions. And when they know that somebody acknowledges them, that's when they are going to stick around mm -hmm. and try different noises and things like that. But. Yeah, no, I so appreciate you sharing that too. And just the journey that you've been on and having these situations happen at such a young age too. How did you first realize when you had these spiritual gifts and how did you go about developing them? I know you said you had a mentor and there's other factors, but really what was that bulk of it? The bulk of it had to stem from probably when I was maybe 17 or 18, because mm -hmm. I started noticing all the way up to probably no wait maybe like in my maybe 19 or so 19 or 20 yeah start realizing something something's going on here why am i getting these dreams of my house 
my, my parents' house, these repetitive dreams that just kept going and going and going. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of them came true. And um, I started noticing that I thought, you know, um, I just kept moving on with life. And then I started getting these things happen, like when I moved into my first house back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And that house was haunted and it was only two years old. And so I was the second owner. I started experiencing, I saw my first apparition. I started, I saw the first young child. She was a little girl. I could see her. She had little ponytails. And so that's when I had to, at the time, call a paranormal team. And because I didn't understand what was going on. I hadn't crossed any spirits at all. I didn't know what, you know, how to do that. Right. Medium said, I ended up helping the medium. She said, you do it like this, you know, and, and I listened to her and I helped out. And that's when she told me, you know, you really should explore this further. And so while I was at my house, I was crossing spirits. I mean, they were showing up in large groups of people. At that point, I wanted to go to sleep because yeah, I mean, slow I, down. <laughs> I'm like, you got to help me. And, you know, and, I, and sometimes when I would, you know, would politely say, you know, no, I, I can't right now. I really got to go to work. And, you know, but they would come and, would, and if I didn't help them, they would start making noises. And well, but I learned that you have to be, you know, assertive with them. They have to respect your home um, because after all, they're coming for the help. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that they won't get the help because they will and they did mm-hmm. so in, in the instance of the uh, for example a little girl she was stuck in the area where my other bathroom was because there was a cool spot mm-hmm. so uh, I end up crossing her over and I called the angels and she has them both she's holding their hands and she's illuminated, and I've never seen this before. She's illuminated in like this lime green, and that's how I knew it was her. She turned around to thank me before she left. And, and, I, and I said, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't tell my, and I was dating my husband at the time because he was coming over. He knew he was a little girl, and he knew, you know, where she, that cold spot was. I didn't tell him. That I crossed over. I wanted to him to see. I wanted to see for myself. Okay, if he's still gonna do her, he ends up visiting me one one day, and I don't say anything. And then that's when he finally brings it up and says, "You know what? I don't feel that cold spot. That little girl is not isn't there anymore." And that's when I told him what I did. Mm-hmm. So that's how I learned to cross spirits, and a lot sometimes they'll follow me. Like I was mentioning earlier, uh, the experience when my husband and I went to a restaurant where there's a ghost town surrounded by the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I end up being approached by a woman after we parked the car. Keep in mind, I've never, I had never been to that restaurant. I was just curious. I, I, I had heard about it, you know, that bit about this ghost town. I didn't know mm-hmm. if it was or not. Right. We get there, she's trying to get my attention we're walking right and I tell him you know there's a woman trying to get my attention and it's okay mm-hmm. we go in and I explain to the young lady before we placed our order because we didn't know what kind of thing they serve so she was explaining that to me and then that's when I told her I said I, I just got approached I said I'm a medium and I got approached by this woman she asked what side of the property and I said the left side and she said 
oh yes, she died in my arms. And I said, I'm hearing her gasp for air. She said, yes, she was gasping for air before she died. And she said, you wanna learn about the property? There's a plaque on the right side here. And I said, no, that's okay. I'm, I'd like to go ahead and just kind of venture off into the property just to see what else you know, I pick up. And I ended up seeing that little girl. Mm-hmm. The interesting part about the little girl is there was a swing an actual swing there on the property that was, there was no air. The air was still. And when I acknowledged her, like a rush of air went through and my husband noticed that. Mm -hmm. He could feel her as well. And he even pointed how tall she was. Mm -hmm. And I who I was that I wasn't there to hurt her. And Mm -hmm. so she was curious, Mm -hmm. very so, but it was a beautiful property it made you go back in time as far as the Western area era. Yeah. That's how it was. And so yeah. I end up, even before going and seeing the plaque, because I ended up seeing, meeting it afterwards, even before that, I end up having this vision of the property of how it was and how hard they worked during that time. You know, because a lot of different people were coming and, and going there. Mm-hmm. It was a Western area uh, ranchers and, people like that so yeah I mean it's been a long journey and I ended up you know hiring a very famous psychic who's been a psychic for 40 years Uh, she did cold cases FBI with the FBI and CIA and so I saw that I had an aha what is called an aha moment in her eyes and one of the that moment was when I went to the spa and I ended up meeting a young girl that was there and she, I, I picked up that she had, was going through a very hard time in her personal life. And then months later, my husband and I are going to Costa Rica. I end up seeing her. And we had this conversation. And I asked her if she knew what a medium was. And she said, no. And I explained to her. And then she says, well, maybe you can tell me about my cousin. And she was murdered. And I said, no, let me see if I can see anything. So what I end up having this vision of, I'm hearing these very, very loud crickets. I'm seeing this lake, this tall grass, and I'm seeing the cousin and the, she's with a, a gentleman. And okay. so I come back and I tell her, she verifies that's where her cousin was murdered. And keep in mind, I've never met her. She mm-hmm. doesn't know. That's what I pick up. And then that's when she says, I, I never knew what her last words were. And she's, my family has had a very difficult time with this. And I said, well, let me go back and see if I can pick up what her last words were. Yeah. Well, she had a confrontation with the gentleman that she was with. And she ends up telling them, you know, we're going to get away with this. And she, you know, it was her last words. And that's when the killer ended up snapping and, you know, obviously murdered her. And um, I came back and I told her that. And she just about you know, cried a lot. And I told her, please call me. I, here's my number. I said, and I wasn't going to, you know, charge them at all. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I wanted to help them because mm-hmm. sometimes people, when they use, lose a loved one like that, it leaves a lot of things unexplained. And mm-hmm. so I can be that vessel, vessel for them and actually talk to the spirit and relay any information that would be helpful. And, you know, I can't actually say, you know, completely heal the person, 
but just have some form of comfort in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a big part of it too, because there's a lot of unanswered questions that people have, especially losing a loved one in situations like that individual that you're speaking of too. And I, I think it's it's so important that you have this beautiful gift to really relieve maybe some of those questions. Of course, it doesn't heal everything because they're not there physically, but it can just bring that comfort. And I think it's such a beautiful gift that you do have and the natural ability that you've had. And I know other people have this ability in different capacities, but what advice do you have for someone who maybe is experiencing a similar spiritual experience, but unsure how to approach it? I think it, the best way to describe it, when you work with your intuition, it's like a muscle, mm-hmm. ever used. It yeah. takes, because one of the things that I taught myself um, is not to repeat. Sometimes we have, tend to have mental chatter. It clouds our judgment. And when you have chatter, you know, you tend to not hear your intuition. Your intuition is best described as, and I, this is how I explained it to my sister because she didn't quite understand what the difference is with intuition or, you know, making that distinction. Right. And I said, well, for example, let's say you're on the road and you go to the grocery store, you leave the grocery store and you're on your way home. And something hits you like a bolt of lightning. You forgot the milk. Mm-hmm. That's the way to describe, you know, that you have to go back to the store. Well, that bolt of lightning is something that you don't think about. It just comes to you. It, you, mm-hmm. it can forms. It can come in, in a feeling. It could come, you know, like mentioned before, like a bolt of lightning. Right. And so it takes practice. Meditation is the number one key to all that. And in my case, I do uh, spiritual baths. Mm -hmm. Uh, I try and do that three times a week, two to three times a week. And I will, we in our, I'm part Mayan. So Mm -hmm. we use what is called a holy stick. Mm -hmm. And when you use that holy stick, you do a cleansing starting from the top of your head all the way down and forming all around your body. What you're doing is you're giving yourself a cleansing. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I, you know, pray. I mean, that's how I, I do that part. And, um, or I'll use sage. Mm-hmm. And I will throw Himalayan salt in my bath because that is an absolute cleansing for, you know, clearing on top of that. And I use an herb called root. Rue helps with any type of negative energy or um, any type of haunting, so to speak. Anything, it'll clear everything out. And mm-hmm. so I meditate, that helps out because it clears out. You know, we get caught up in a lot of things that happen to us throughout the day or the week. And that's just, it's like a, you're cleaning slate, so to speak, when you do mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. And it helps because, um, it clears it out. You don't, it's not something that you carry with you. And it's just a beautiful thing to do. I believe that. And I appreciate you sharing that too. And as a medium spiritualist, how do you balance your spiritual practices with working with helping people too? Because how does that uh, transform essentially with what you're experiencing spiritually and then going about your life too after? Like, what does that look like for you? I, 
separate it. I, I don't allow what happens. Let's say, for example, I get a bad day or I have a bad day. I try, you know, it's very important not to allow it to interfere with the spiritual work. Mm-hmm. It has to be distinction there. Yeah, spiritual work is very important because it, it takes a lot of, um, it does take energy because you can, for example, I've actually done astrological uh, travel where I travel into exactly what happened at the spa. That's an example of an astral travel. I didn't quite understand that part of it, but that's what that is. Yeah, you, it's because my abilities, my spiritual gifts stem from reincarnation. Miss mm-hmm. Weber, the uh, psychic that helped me through these five sessions that I had with her and who interpreted all these experiences into the lessons that I needed to learn from, told mm-hmm. me that. Mm-hmm. It's very important to uh, do all these things to our, to our spiritual body and physical mm-hmm. mind. And she also gave some very important advice. She said, take care of yourself because that's important for this work to, to actually work and help people. Yeah. And so I took that to heart. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, I was doing some things before she said that and also eating a healthy diet mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of energy and you know, um, it can take a toll on the physical body. Yeah. So, and being physically active, uh, going for walks, um, you know, I have two pets here at home and so they're, so I would take one of them out and my husband worked, I was mentioning to you that my husband works with kids with disabilities and he actually trained the other dog mm. to pick up, you know, when, when blood, sh- uh, blood levels, uh, sugar levels are high. Um, so he takes the other dog. So to help with the therapy with the kids. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we, and, and I never realized this, having a pet does change you. It become, you become, <laughs> it's almost like nothing else matters, you know, except that loyalty, that love. Yeah. And of course, was very loving then too. So we're, we're a happy family. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, animals, they do give you that sense of just family and the loyalty. And I have a dog too. And it's just that connection piece you have with them because you could be having a bad day and you just look at their little faces and you're like, okay. (laughs) And the thing of it is, here's a key. Here's another thing that would help your audience if they have similar gifts. I didn't realize this as a child. I would always touch the trunks of trees. Well, my, uh, Ms. Weber, my uh, psychic uh, uh, mentor said, when you do that, she says, I don't think you realize what you were doing. You were actually picking up good energy from her. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Which was amazing because, and then I told my sister a similar story. And she said, you know, I remember you used to hug trees a lot when you were small. <laughs> All for a full circle. (laughs) That makes sense. And that's a way to look at it too. And just the work you're doing, but how we have to 
re-energize ourselves, but especially in the spiritual work too, because it's not something that you can see that's happening, like the energy that's being put out and the work you do as well. And I know you've written this book and Validation of a Healer, how it explores your mystical experiences. Can you tell us more about the book? What, what the book is about are, these are different experiences. These are premonitions through dreams where they were repetitive, and they just, you know, they came out to be actual true occurrences mm-hmm. within the family, for example. Um, I also had a, um, these spiritual experiences, like I was mentioning on the spiritual attachment. And then I started my family. My mother ended up moving up here um, about, well, like maybe 15 years ago. The house was new. She started experiencing all sorts of hauntings. Mm. And my brother who lived two houses down experienced, which I mentioned earlier, my niece and my nephew, that was them, that, uh, my brother and his family, they were experiencing some stuff. Mm. So to unravel all of that, we, my mother didn't have, had no idea how to deal with all that. And I would visit her and I started getting some you know, experiences like a woman calling my name that I didn't know who it was. One night I was there and I ended up going to bed. And then in the morning, I felt somebody around my bed. So I stood up and I picked up that it was a woman. And she ends up going through the door, moving the door uh, back and forth. I get up, I'm awake, okay? I get up and I'm looking through the crack of the door and I'm trying to make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, my mother gets up the next morning and she says, I'm telling her, you know, did you do this in the door? No, I just said, I just want to do this longer. Right. You know, all of that started unraveling and I, you know, didn't quite understand it. And so through time, I ended up learning how to speak to them. Mm-hmm. And so I was recently, this is not in the book, but my mother was having all sorts of things going on. She was afraid to be by herself. She was by herself. Mm-hmm. And so my dad's, of course, deceased. And so I started working with an angel to try and help me. Apparently, what I picked up was that there was a portal in the house. A portal means where spirits mm-hmm. come in and out, mm-hmm. put her back. And she was not sleeping. And I thought, you know, there has to be resolution on this. So I ended up finding an angel that would help me seal that portal. And I didn't tell her I was going to do this. I wanted to see how this was going to work because I'd never done this. Yeah. Ended up, you know, the first night I said, I called her the next day and I had to sleep. And she says, you know, I, I finally slept after so many weeks of not being able to sleep. They were making all sorts of ruckus, like they're dragging something in the ceiling. I mean, it's just conversations. She goes, I didn't hear anything. So then I continued working with the angel, right? And so after about maybe three or four days, I'm calling her just to kind of see how it's going. And so she's seen some improvement. And then after a week, went by that's when I finally told her what I did the thing of it is is that I sealed it from the inside I forgot to seal it from all the way to the perimeter of the house well she was starting to hear things outside of the house 
Wow. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm like, okay, I'll go back and work with the angel so that you can. So it's been experiences like that where I'm trying something that I've never tried. It ended up working, which I'm really, really happy. So she's been fine ever since. And she seems like a totally different person because a lot of times what happens and people don't realize this, it can actually change a person. When you have these negative uh, spirits around you, they're taking, they're, they're using your energy. They're taking a toll on that person. Like they were with my mom. They're absorbing the person's energy by depression, by, you know, just all sorts of things. And even her losing sleep. Because I had a similar situation too with the attachment that I was explaining to you. Yeah. They will, they get their energy that way. Mm. So when I talked to her and I worked closely with the angel, I started obviously seeing some, and I told her that, I said, you know, I'm seeing a big difference in you. She says, well, what do you mean? And she goes, you know what? I, I noticed that about myself, she said. Because mm. every time I talked to her, it was very sad, very, you know, uh, gloomy, and she would reminisce things that would happen in the past. And now it's just very different now. Mm. That's how I knew. And I finally did tell her, by the way, what I did. Because I knew she would be concerned. I was like, no, you know, I don't want any having to just she gets overly concerned because she's seen a lot and she's known a lot of things that have happened to me. But I was prepared for that. Yeah. And so it, it was thankfully everything's fine now. Well, it's just a testament too to being able to help people in different capacities, but the portal itself, like understanding. Well, you tried the first aspect and then you had a seal in the whole house and like yes. little things that make a big difference. And I never even really thought of it, just like how that negative energy and sometimes you might encounter somebody who has that negative energy and it might be what's surrounding them, not really them per se, but it's just really piqued my interest of how that really can transpire because I've always heard of, oh, you have good spirits around you and those things, but I never really looked at it on the opposite side. And the thing of it is, you just brought something to mind that I wanted to share with. It's very important. One of the things that have happened to me in my past with, for example, you know, you'll have people who will work with you in an office and you've got jealousy, you've got hatred. Well, hatred is one of the strongest things anybody could have towards another person. It's almost... I consider that up there with witchcraft mm -hmm. because it's a very strong energy. And I actually had two people, you know, in a similar situation as that. And so I ended up doing a positive ritual on myself mm -hmm. and I didn't tell my husband this, but he started noticing a big difference, a good difference. I didn't realize that that could actually happen. I wanted to share that with you readers because you know, I never realized that. That's true. I mean, because you don't think about that. People hear things and experience things, but you're right. That aspect of hatred it is very much a strong sensation. I've yes. only maybe experienced that once or twice with individuals where it just, I felt like very, because I feel like I'm an intuitive person to a degree. I'm not, I don't practice or anything like that, but <laughs> usually I can get a good read on people. Maybe it's a psychology background, but I think when I've experienced that, it's like my whole body is on standby of like, don't come near me. And that, I mean, like I said, I, I like most people, I never really have issues with anyone, but I've had very strong um, intuition of just stay away yeah. from that person. 
but yeah and it's just been uh you know I never thought it could be like that and but it actually and and I did that for myself and it it just relieved me that's how I knew it worked and my husband noticed a big difference too so it's just a good thing yeah Absolutely. And I know you have this book, but will there be a book series? There will be, actually. Uh, I am planning to write a series. And the, what, the, what it's going to entail is my grandfather was Mayan, and he shared his mystical experiences of how his life was. And that I'm going to explore that further mm-hmm. and to enlighten him and also to share his legacy with the world. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to read it. I can't wait for (laughs) other people to read it too. And just with all the work you have done and your journey of building your business, building, writing the book, what are some of the lessons that you've learned throughout this journey? That it takes time that, you know, expectations shouldn't always be there. Prepare yourself when you write a book you need to learn how to market it before you actually publish it that's important now I ended up publishing it and then marketing it because I was very new to all that (laughs) and I never knew what a book trailer was it's been a learning experience I had my niece do a book trailer which is on my website very beautiful and those three rays of lights are on there that's one of the reasons why And starting a business is another aspect of things that I learned. And so the starting point with that is I just, you know, did research for for my state, what their criteria is, what I needed. And in our state here, you have to go to the secretary of state. And so you have to also do research on the business to see if there's somebody else with a similar name, which by the way, mine is Mayan spirit, which is a a usual name. (laughs) Um, and so, um, I worked through our CPA, um, through the tax information, uh, you have to get a tax ID number. You can use your social, but I prefer a business number Mm -hmm. so that when I do a filing for my business, that would be in there. And most of all, pay close attention to how much money you're putting into the business, uh, because they're interested in seeing all of those, you know, profit and loss kind of, uh, information. And uh, I went ahead and went through, instead of using our CPA, because he's already doing my husband's business and our personal stuff, I ended up going through H&R Block. They will do that. And it's, you know, they're, they don't charge that much for it. And so, but yeah, and you got to, you know, look at the filings, because like in our state, you have to do what is called a quarterly filing. Mm -hmm. And so, and then for the IRS, I believe it's also a, a four, every four months, six months that you have to go to the IRS and report the filing and they'll send you a letter. What I do is when they send me a letter and they know that something's due, I will go ahead and jot it down, make sure that I write. And number one, it, the key thing is go ahead and send your stuff notarized to the IRS. Cause you know, you never know um, things can get lost and you're trying to file something. Mm-hmm. I wanted to feel comfortable enough, you know, just in case something for some reason gets lost, I still have that certification number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are phenomenal experiences yeah. that you've had to 
be able to share with the listeners as well and viewers. But I think it's just having your ducks in a row of knowing, okay, you got to do business the right way. And there's things that are annoying to do, but we have to do (laughs) in order to grow our business and make sure it's all set and all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed, all those fun things. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, starting a website, I went through GoDaddy. Mm -hmm. So I had never used a website in my life, you know, creating one. And it's been, it's been a a nice challenge there. (laughs) Good way to put it. (laughs) Never had never done any, I didn't even know what a podcast was. So all of this was all new to me. I had to research all that. My mentor reached out to me and, and gave me some pointers and things like that. And, and uh, she said, go to fairs, you know, do. And that's what I'm planning to do. Uh, to go to a fair and uh, maybe sell my books and do maybe a 15 minute reading or something. I'm not sure what, you know, how, how I'll sign it out. But eventually I came in contact with somebody who plans it out here. Mm-hmm. They have speakers. So all, everybody who's a psychic, get, they all get together and, you know, they do card readings. There's a variety of people who do different things. So I thought, well, maybe I can go ahead and sell my book at the psychic fair and maybe do, I don't know, a 15 minute reading or something in, 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 for the book purchase or something. Mm-hmm. It's a thought. So I have to plan all that out. And I know that they were charging just $50 for the day oh. and they give you like two chairs and so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to also do. I'm planning to do all that as well. Perfect. I love that. And it just kind of gets in different markets, different people to experience yeah. and also see you in person and experience yeah, the reading or whatever you choose to do as well. But it's just getting out there and marketing what works best for each person too, because I think it's yeah. the more people know about it, the better. And I'm curious, what are some of the tools that you've used with writing your book, but also just creating your business as well. That would be helpful for somebody else that's starting on this journey. Well, the challenging part in writing the book itself is mm-hmm. starting from the beginning. Yeah. I had to, what I did is when I was sitting down with my mentor, we were going through a series of, of all these events that were happened, had happened to me. I had to put them all in order as best as I could so that nothing was going to be a little bit out of order with when the reader, you know, obviously would, would buy it. And so that was most important. And also what she interpreted is also in the book. Mm. She, I felt that including her in it and what she interpreted is important to relate to your readers, to my readers, because I could I put in my interpretation on top of that, she's put in her interpretation, which is really powerful. And I believe that our, my readers are going to benefit, you know, in reading the book because they're going to clearly see all sorts of experiences that have happened that, you know, stem from that. But yeah, it's, it's been a journey and um, I'm excited. I really am excited about everything. Yeah, I'm excited for you. And I feel like it's just going to help so many people too. And, you know, we were talking about this prior to filming of just some people might not know they need the book because they haven't experienced something like that. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Until it actually happens to you, Mm -hmm. that's when you'll understand 
you may have a relative who may be experiencing this and the book may possibly help, or they can actually reach out to me. Yeah. Uh, the information is in the book as well, my business information. And it's, you know, I don't wish that on anybody with what I've, I've experienced. I really don't because it takes a very strong person to do this work. And the takeaway for me is mm -hmm. it prepared me to be the person that I am today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, That's it. Absolutely. And I think it's just the experiences shape us of who we become, who we're meant to be, and who we're supposed to help as well. And what would you say is the biggest takeaway from your whole journey that you can share with everybody listening right now of just your experiences, everything you've gone through, but why it's so important to be intuitive of what your experiences are, able to understand it, but then also do something about it as well. I think it's very important to listen to your intuition. Everybody has it. And it's like how I mentioned earlier, it's like a muscle that you've never used. It could actually help you or save your life like it did during the Christmas holidays for me because I didn't. I went in, I went to the grocery stores in the parking lot and I had to stop and get a few things because I was going to make another dessert for Christmas. And I saw two vehicles on, nobody was getting out. One was one car to my right. The other one looked like it was going to block my car. And I was noticing they're both on, nobody's getting off. The one truck was going to, it looked like it was parked like towards the exit, but it was on. Yeah. And as I'm, I'm getting to my trunk, I opened the trunk, my intuition hit me. That bolt of lightning, yeah. it told me I was in danger that I needed to get out of there quickly. So I ended up throwing my groceries in the car. I'm shaking up, I'm driving home. And I told my husband, who's an intuitive, he says, they wanted your car. They were gonna get your car. That's why it's very important to work on the intuition because everybody has it. Yeah. It benefit you in every aspect in that instance. I mean, I was very grateful that, that my intuition told me that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so glad too. That, that's a takeaway for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just letting that, that sink in for a second, because I think we have situations where we feel like we're in danger or something's off or in like entrusting that. And yes. I know I've had experiences, maybe not to that capacity, but where I'm like, I need to get out of the situation or this doesn't feel safe or something's off. I feel it in my bones and I'm sure other people listening too. And I'm yes. glad you said that, like we all have intuitive aspects of us and we can really tune into that and allowing that. So it could potentially save us or yeah. allow a situation. Love scary. Yeah. Love one as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And what would you say is one, like two top tips that you can give entrepreneurs that are on this journey that have been helpful for you in your process? Number one, don't give up. It, mm -hmm. it takes work to start a business. Mm -hmm. And number two, marketing. That is the key because people won't be aware of, of who you are or what you have to offer, what services. Yeah. And to me, those are essential. They really are. And talking to people, it, it, it takes a lot. Sometimes if, if you're not, a person's uncomfortable in talking to people, then it it's, can be kind of a, a problem, if you're, especially if you're trying to open a business. I don't have any problems trying to talk to people. Actually, mm -hmm. I've done 
free readings through the years. And so I actually relate to them. And it's just getting there and working. Mm -hmm. I uh, work full time in the day. And I also work on the weekends in trying to get business, my business going. Sometimes I'll work, you know, different hours to get my business going. And so that's where I am right now, but I'm not going to give up because I feel that what I have uh, is very special and that I can actually share it, you know, with people and help them seek some kind of answer, whether it's a, a deceased loved one or a haunting. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're not giving up and what you're able to do in helping people just feel a sense of comfort or realizing what happened to a loved one and removing hauntings or anything that a person is experiencing. But I do appreciate the fact that you said you're still working your nine to five. Also, you're able to build your business as it grows and will continue to grow too. Because I think a lot of times in the entrepreneurial world, people are like, well, I got to jump in two feet and build my business. And don't realize too, like the capital and the marketing and all the things that go into it. So I appreciate you sharing that and your transparency of all well, your transparency, this whole episode as well, but being able to understand too, there's no right or wrong way of doing things. It's trusting your process and how to get there and just putting it out there. That's the biggest part, just doing it and never giving up. Yeah. I, eventually I will be leading my position to do this full time. I would love to also travel and do workshops for people and just talk to them. Yeah. And I would love to do that down the road. Well, I think it's going to happen sooner than maybe you think, but <laughs> thank you so much, Melissa. Where can people find your book? Find you. We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. You can find it on Amazon validation of the healer. What you want, you should believe by my Indian spirit and my name is Melissa Griffin. And so I also have a business, myandspirit.org. And you can send me a message. You can, if you want to go ahead and look at that beautiful trailer, I just was in tears and my niece helped me out with that. It just hit me right there in the gut because mm -hmm. I remember that day that I was with my mom, you know, in the beach and stuff. And I saw those lights, blue rays of light. So that's why I decided to go ahead and I chose that. And so she went ahead and, and created it. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for just sharing your vulnerability, your strength, and the, your beautiful gift with us. I so appreciate it. I'm sure everyone listening does as well, but make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Melissa today? I'm sure she would love to see that comment and we'll see you on the next episode. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.